Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, yeah. What's going on, DMV? You know who it is. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan or simulcasted over on our sister station, the Team 980. And, of course, always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Ride with me. It'll take you up to 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They will get you warmed up for Nats baseball. Speaking of Nats baseball, pretty exciting weekend. We'll get to them here in a second. But, man, it's been a while since I feel like I've been back in the saddle uh, here on overtime. Plenty to get to. Here in the next th- four hours before we take you up to 1 o'clock Eastern time. We'll have a f- couple guests stop by the program as well before we get out of here. Coming up at 1020, our pal Grant Paulson, the host of Grant and Danny weekdays, 2 to 6.30 right here on The Fan. He will join us at 1020 to give us his thoughts on the Washington Commanders preseason opener. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or put the cart before the horse, so to speak. But the Washington Commanders are undefeated in the Josh Harris era. So I'm definitely excited to chop it up with GP about that. Coming up high noon at about 12.20 or so, you got to work with them because we got a special guest joining the program. Commander's rookie seventh-round pick Andre Jones set to join the program. He had himself uh, a hell of a preseason debut. Uh, he's been a menace during camp, so we get to catch up with him coming up in the 12 o'clock hour. Not going to lie, a little tired coming into the studio this morning. Got the opportunity to make my D.C. game night debut last night uh, with my pal Alex Flum from D.C. News Now. Uh, caught up on all things Washington Commanders, and I ain't going to lie, man. Being in a TV studio with all the fancy lights shining on me, hair and makeup being done, back in the radio saddle, and I'm realizing we're not as spoiled as I thought we were, man. They are doing it big over on the TV side. Definitely cool uh, to catch up with him, though, man. Preseason football is back. That's really what's got me excited and up in arms and and notice last week when the hall of fame game happened we had football back but it wasn't it just wasn't the same type of energy right starters weren't playing didn't really seem like the games meant a lot to the guys but this weekend starting on thursday you saw it preseason football is back the nfl is back uh, and i'm expecting it to be a super exciting season one thing that And I guess this is a great thing for our team as well, talking about the commanders. No injuries, no major injuries to report 
uh, from the first weekend of the preseason. We do have two games on the docket this afternoon as well, and I'm pretty excited uh, for the first matchup we have coming up 1 o'clock Eastern time over on the NFL Network, Chiefs and Saints. We'll get to see Derek Carr in this new-look New Orleans Saints offense. I'm definitely excited to see that. And then we know how Andy Reid, a.k.a. Big Red, handles the preseason. For all of those folks and all of those franchises throughout the NFL who think the preseason isn't important and you don't got to play your guys, Andy Reid and company with a big middle finger to the system, Patrick Mahomes and company expected to play the entirety of the first quarter. Excited to see what this Chiefs offense looks like. Coming off the Super Bowl, losing Juju Smith-Schuster, Couple of new faces on the offensive side of the football. No Eric Bieniemy now in Kansas City, and I've been talking about this off air with with a couple of guys around the station. First of all, the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel as if it's now time to start talking about them like one of the great dynasties in the National Football League. And I understand they haven't repeated, but I believe it's what four or five straight AFC Championship games. We got to put some respect on the Chiefs in terms of them being a legit dynasty. But it feels like every time they lose somebody, right? Last year, they lose Tyreek Hill, and the thought was, man, how in the hell are the Kansas City Chiefs going to duplicate the offensive firepower that we've seen from them uh, over the course of the past four or five years? No problem. Travis Kelsey's workload goes up. You got the rookie Sky Moore coming to the rescue. We saw Isaiah Pacheco making big-time plays for this football team. The key, the key for a championship-caliber team like the Kansas City Chiefs, they take a licking and keep on ticking, so to speak. They can lose guys. The system works. They draft and develop well, and I'm excited to see them on full display uh, against the New Orleans Saints. On the flip side, for the team that plays in the Nolia, I'm not going to lie, all offseason long, right, at the beginning of the offseason, I'll go back to them. To me, going the veteran quarterback route for Washington didn't make a ton of sense. I understood why folks were frustrated at it. But, man, now that we sit here, we've seen Sam Howell. We've seen Jacoby Brissett. Both guys, uh, I thought, played pretty well in the preseason opener. We'll break all that down uh, as the 10 o'clock hour rolls on. But knowing that Washington wasn't in the veteran quarterback market, if they were, though, Derek Carr was a guy that, to me, should be right at the top of your list. The numbers speak for themselves. And the reason I'm so optimistic about what Derek Carr can do with the New Orleans Saints, defense, offensive line, receivers, everything that Derek Carr has not had over the past couple of years uh, when talking about his time with the Vegas Raiders. And I feel like tumultuous ending, him and Josh McDaniels not seeing eye to eye, talking about Derek Carr. There was a lot of rumors that came out last year via the athletic questioning the character of Derek Carr, put up or shut up time. Put up or shut up time. Last year for Derek Carr, completed just 60% of his passes, 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That number must go down uh, if the New Orleans Saints are going to run away with this NFC South the way I expect them to. Uh, Speaking of the NFC South, we got to see the rookie quarterback, the star of the NFC South, Bryce Young yesterday making his professional debut against the New York Jets. He took some shots. And being on Twitter, Jets Twitter is an interesting place to play. You guys think Commander's Twitter is toxic? Jets Twitter is absolutely insane. They're upset that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing yet. Some of them understand it. Some of them don't. But the shots that Bryce Young took yesterday. What is he listed at? 
5'11, 5'10, a buck 80. I mean, the shots that he took yesterday, whoo, you hope that that offensive line progresses as the summer moves on here because if they're not going to be able to keep Bryce Young upright, I think we're going to have some legit problems here. All in all, thought Bryce Young, I wouldn't say exceeded my expectations because it wasn't anything sexy or flashy by any stretch of the imagination. Four of six, 21 yards. He took a sack. I think he only played about two or three series. Wasn't a lot of work for Bryce Young. The hits, though, is probably why uh, Frank Reich was hesitant to leave him out there for a long period of time. I've been very consistent about my takes in terms of Bryce Young and what I don't expect him to do. Let's be honest. I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not trying to stir the pot. It just is what it is at this point. We have never in the modern era, at least, and when I say the modern era, I'm talking about 2000 on, right? In the modern era, you can't tell me the last time we've seen a starting quarterback in the National Football League weigh up at 5'10", 194 pounds. I'll give him 195 because I think it's rude that they're leaving off that extra pound. You know how it is, Chris. I'd rather be 194 than 195 because I'm a big dude, but that, that little half a pound works. It means something. But the thing is this. We've never seen a guy succeed at this level, at that size. And then you saw it yesterday. They didn't even leave him out there. They weren't even comfortable allowing him to play at least a quarter of preseason work because he was getting squashed like a bug, almost like almost like you ever have a roach in the corner of your crib and you take your crock and you try to, ah. That, that's what Bryce Young felt like yesterday in the pocket. I'm interested to see how it works out, this offensive line, uh, for the Carolina Panthers, unheralded, young group. Um, but we all know in Carolina, their defense is really what's going to be their calling card and their bread and butter. It was uh, exciting to see him in action, though, yesterday. We will break down all of the rookie quarterbacks that we got to see this weekend uh, coming up there in the 11 o'clock hour. Right now, though, I mentioned the Washington Nationals. Feel-good story right now, right? Post-All-Star break, they're playing really well. Winners is seven out of their last ten. They've won 11 out of 13 at home. And for the second straight night, the Washington Nationals winning in a walk-off fashion. K-Bear Ruiz got ice in his veins, baby. K-Bear Ruiz leading off. First pitch hit to deep right field. This is way back. This ball is going, going, going. Lucas Ursag with his 14th home run of the year, an absolute rocket into the Nationals bullpen and a curly W's in the box as the Nationals await to mob Tabat Ruiz, dumping him with a bucket full of water and Gatorade at home plate. And the Nationals celebrate a come from behind walk-off victory over the Oakland Athletics. The Curly W's in the books. The final score, the Washington Nationals three, the Oakland Athletics two. The beautiful pipes of Charlie Slows on the call for the Washington Nationals radio network as heard right here on 106.7 The Fan, the official flagship station of your Washington Nationals. That bat for OK Bear Ruiz, Taki hot right now, second consecutive night with a home run. And the Washington Nationals, I say it all the time whenever we talk about them here on this program, for a group that had zero expectations. I don't even, 
Can we use negative numbers in terms of expectations for a group that had negative five expectations? People were talking about 100-plus losses. Were the young cats going to take a step in the right direction? Everything you could ask for as a Nationals fan right now is happening for you. You just drafted. You just drafted the kid, Dylan Cruz. He is going to be a member of this thing. And moving forward, the farm system, your pitchers, everything seems to be on the up and up for this club. And normally when you are dealing with a situation, when you have a rebuilding baseball team, it's very hard to find silver linings because the team just isn't that damn good. But we've talked about it here. The Washington Nationals post-All-Star break, let's just give you in their last 10. Like I said, winners of seven out of their last 10 They've won 11 of their last 13 games at home. Uh, They're playing good baseball right now. We will bring you coverage of the Washington Nationals as they look to make it an official series sweep this afternoon as they take on the Oakland Athletics. It is a 135 first pitch. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler gets warmed up starting at 105 with Nats on deck. You all know how I get down those to people show. Tapping with me all show long. One of three ways, MGM National Harbor listener lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Like I said, plenty to get to before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Coming up at about 1020, Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant Danny. Weekdays 2 to 630 right here on The Fan is set to join us. Top of the 12 o'clock hour, we're expected to have Washington Commanders rookie defensive end Andre Jones joined the program. When we get back, though, speaking of Washington Commanders football, we'll get to that in Linnell's lead line, my top story from the weekend. That's next here on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just getting rolling. Here on this Sunday morning edition of Overtime, it's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Then we get you warmed up for the series finale of Nats and Athletics. Curly W is trying to make it a series sweep. It is a 135 first pitch. Per usual, you can catch all of the action right here on the flagship home of the Washington Nationals, 1067 The Fan. I said it. Uh, In the opening segment of the show, man, we got preseason football back. Today's slate pretty exciting as well. The New Orleans Saints taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, We got a doubleheader this afternoon. We will also see the San Francisco 49ers go up against the new-look Las Vegas Raiders, two teams that have very interesting quarterback situations. 
Brock Purdy working his way back from the elbow surgery from last year, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, a.k.a. porn star. Jimmy, as I like to call him, making his Las Vegas Raiders debut. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it all and preview both of those games before we get out of here uh, in the 1 o'clock hour. Right now, though, I want to get to Linnell's lead line, my top story from the weekend. For our top story in other news, we have a news bulletin. more news, the biggest breaking news story this town has ever seen. Linnell's lead line. Now, if you know anything about your boy, you could probably guess what I want to go with in today's Nell's lead line. The Washington Commanders 1-0 during the Josh Harris era. They were 17-15 winners uh, on Friday night in the preseason opener over the Cleveland Browns. And it wasn't without drama, right? Anything that has to do with this franchise, you have some sort of drama or some sort of unforeseen circumstances uh, in the Washington Commanders and Browns on Friday night having to deal with an hour in 16-minute rain delay for your boy who was up at 7 o'clock in the morning, geeked up to watch Commanders football. I wasn't too thrilled about it, not going to lie. Felt some type of way as I was sitting here in the studio. And then the, the crazy part about it all, I know a lot of people were complaining about this. Commanders, NBC Washington, NBC4, can we get it together? There's no way. I don't even know what the hell we were watching here in the studio but I wanted to hear Chick Hernandez and Brian Mitchell and get some type of football coverage. We haven't had a game for this team in almost nine months, six months, whatever the hell you want to call it. And then the first time we get to see them back, we got to wait an hour and 16 minutes to even get a lick of coverage. NBC, commanders, do better. We deserve better as a sports fan. Nonetheless, I thought overall solid output. Uh, You got to see all of your regular cast of characters that you were Used to seeing a season ago. Uh, the only guy, the only two guys, excuse me, for Washington that did not lace them up. Starting tight end, Logan Thomas. And then left guard, Sadiq Charles, who is in a hot and heavy competition with Chris Paul to be the team's starting left guard. Uh, all in all, some of my quick thoughts from the game. Offensively, thought Sam Howell and, and this first team offense moved with tempo. Wasn't pretty by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, there were some hiccups along the offensive line. Uh, There was a couple of times where Sam Howell didn't process well, but all in all, the one thing we constantly talk about in in reference to this Washington Commanders offense, for me, it is more about process than it is results. 110%. When you're installing a new offense, when you have a young quarterback, when you have new parts along the offensive line, a new voice calling the plays in Eric Bieniemy, it's all about process over the results right now, and I think as we sit here going into week number four of training camp, I'd say the process for Washington starting to look damn good. Take a listen to the head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera. He spoke to a contingent of local media post game. Take a listen. You know, I'm glad EB wanted to keep him out there, and, and again, we went with it. I thought they did some good things. You know, a couple things that, that got a little bit out of hand. We just got to be a little bit better and got to be careful and be, be alert to the penalties. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see the tape and really just see how, you know, as we break it down, exactly what we can do and what we can get better. Why did you decide to get the starting defense just one drive? Um, because it was a long one, and they went four and out uh, at the right time. So I figured, you know what, let's, let's go from there. And uh, quite honestly, it was Jack's suggestion, and I agreed with Jack. What, what do you take from that drive? Was it, you know, you give up up to that goal line stand, or is it the goal line stand that you really I, no, the, the thing that needed to be corrected was, was on, on two of the long runs on the outside to the right side of our defense. The biggest, biggest problem or anything else, we played behind the ball. 
we didn't get a good edge set. And we didn't when we decided to run through. We ran behind. We ran behind and not in front. Um, bad decisions on, uh, on on the guys that were supposed to fit those creases. With limited sound for you, want to see much from Chase Young on what he was able to do? Yeah, I mean, again, we want to bring him back gradually. We want to make sure we're smart with him and, take, you know, just be careful. Did he, did he have any sort of injury coming off after that? Um, he had a little bit of a stinger. And so when he came to the sidelines, we just said, you know what, let's just, we, saw, we saw a real good start. Let's just be really careful with him. And the docs were fine with that. So we just pulled him out and left him out. With Phil and everyone else, did you come out of the game healthy? Um, for the most part, it looks like it. You know, we, uh, we had a couple of guys bump each other, and, uh, but they both got cleared at the very end and went back into play. But um, for the most part, we'll see tomorrow morning when everybody shows up. You know, Logan, the uh, younger tight ends got some more routes. How did you see Cole? I thought Cole did a really nice job. You know, Cole showed his, his savviness as a route runner, um, made a couple of big plays for us when we needed to have them made. Um, he showed up. He really did. And, uh, you know, I thought John Bates had a pretty good day. Even though it was a penalty, I would like to have seen him catch that. I thought it was a really nice thrown ball. Nicely thrown ball that should have been caught. Um, but again, for the most part, I, I thought the young guys did a nice job. This is also EB's first game, like along with you guys. How do you think the whole operation was? I thought the operation was outstanding. I love the rhythm they got into, and I thought they, that you know his play calling rhythm was really good. Um, I, I love his positivity when he's talking to the quarterback. You know, um, he called a play, and he, he you know he told me hey, this should this, this should work. Let's, let's go get it now. Let's go. You know, I just love the way he does that, and and it instills confidence in our guys when they're calling plays. Were there plays or sequences where that rhythm stood out to you? Um, well, I thought the very first one coming out. I mean, you know, we start marching down there, and you know, we have a chance for a big throw, and unfortunately, like I said, we we, we missed it. We, we we dropped the ball, but there was also a penalty, and then that kind of. You know, now you're at second and twenty. I mean, that that I mean, first and twenty. That 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 puts you off off kilter. So, that's um. But I thought he handled his rhythm really well. I thought the the, the mixed it nicely. He found a little something with the run game. So we went back to the run a couple of times repeatedly, um, and then came back up with a real nice play action that I thought really kind of offset a couple of things for us that got them off balance. And Jahan's touchdown. Oh, just a uh, you know it was it was a pretty well thrown ball. But because John's so athletic in his ability just to make that kind of catch and then reverse his, uh, his field, um, that, was, that, was, that was pretty sharp. What was your message to the team in there? Did you go out and get balls? Um, the message for the most part to the guys was, hey, more so than anything else, is you know, there's a lot to learn from. I mean, we made some, some mistakes. We did some really good things. But when we get a chance to watch the film, we're going to be honest with ourselves and talk about things that we got to get corrected, things that we can be better at. And then again, then praise them for the good play that they had, uh, for, for some of the good plays they had. We saw the new owners out there. They came mm-hmm. down to the first row. Yes. Did you see them during the game, or did they have a chance to talk to players? Or um, no, I, 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 I had seen that they were on the field after the game. Um, you know, we, we did hand uh, Mr. Harris a, a game ball. That was a preseason game. We told him, that, you know, a win's a win, and uh, you can always keep this one. So uh, we gave it to him, and uh, the guys were pretty fired up. And uh, looking for the opportunity to give him one for real. Two more. Good. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. Cool. Thank you, guys. Coach of the Washington Commanders, Ron Rivera, speaking post game after the 17 15 win in the preseason opener over the Cleveland Browns. A little bit of piece of audio that we'll play for you uh, coming up a little bit later in the show. Really cool moment post game in the locker room between new Commanders majority owner Josh Harris and the rest of the football team. I'll tease it by saying this. We already knew it when he bought us all brewskis over at the bullpen a couple of weeks ago. But Josh Harris, the ultimate dude. Love me some Josh Harris, man. Uh, we'll get to see more of Josh Harris 
uh, in the coming weeks. I'm sure he'll be out there in full force for the Commanders' next preseason game coming up Monday, uh, August the 21st against the Baltimore Ravens. And guess what, y'all? Prime time. Monday Night Football uh, set to be out here in the DMV uh, for that broadcast. So you'll hear Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on the call. That is always exciting. I'm kind of curious to see what the plan is going to be for preseason game number two. They start their joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens on Tuesday. And if you're going to be hitting the same team for a couple of days in a row, you kind of feel like the preseason game starts to lose its mystique and its value. But one thing that we saw last night, the Baltimore Ravens streaking in their clothed, ladies and gentlemen, 24 straight preseason victories after their win last night against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Washington Commanders have the opportunity to put themselves in rare air next Monday night, knocking off uh, the Baltimore Ravens, hopefully. Like I said, plenty to get to here in the show. Coming up at 1020, our pal Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant and Danny right here on The Fan, weekdays 2 to 6.30, is set to join the program. He'll give us his evaluation of what he saw from the Washington Commanders during the preseason opener. We'll take a quick timeout, though. When we come back, let's evaluate this Washington Commanders starting offense, including the new QB1, Sam Howell. All that and more next here on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. It is overtime here on 106.7 The Fan. We are simulcasted over on our sister station, the Team 980. And always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's the Youngest in Charge movement. Linnell Willingham ride with you till 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll get you ready for game number three. The Washington Nationals looking for a sweep over the Oakland Athletics. If you were listening at the top of the show, K-Bear Ruiz icing his veins. Walk-off homer yesterday in the first pitch of the ninth inning. The Nationals trying to complete the series sweep this afternoon against the Athletics. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler get to warmed up starting at 105 with Nats on deck. We've been talking about the preseason opener for the Washington Commanders. Undefeated now in the Josh Harris era. There were 17-15 to 15 winners Friday night against the Cleveland Browns after an hour and 16-minute rain delay. Uh, there was a delay in the start as well for this football team on the defensive side. Uh, we'll get to their struggles a little bit later on in the show. I want to talk about the offense, though, here for a second, specifically the quarterback position. Sam Howell, so many expectations for this young man going into this game. And it's crazy. It's kind of like an oxymoron, or I'm about to put my foot in my mouth, whatever you want, you want to call it. A lot of expectations. But at the same time, to me, no expectations. Fifth-round pick wasn't really drafted to be this team's franchise signal caller. But last year, 
in the Week 18 start against Dallas. He opened up a lot of eyes within that building, and it was really because of the work he put in Monday through Friday at the practice facility. It ended up paying off for him last year in Week 18 against Dallas. Friday night, though, our first time to get a look at Sam Howell since that Week 18 performance against the Cowboys, and I'll be honest, not trying to gas it. It's just preseason. Doesn't count for real. He didn't blink. He passed each and every test that Eric Bieniemy and this commander's offensive staff threw at him on Friday night. Uh, he took a sack because of some bad processing is what I'll call it. There was a delayed blitz that, got, that came from the secondary, and he didn't pick it up quick enough and didn't understand that his man was coming through hot. He will improve on those things uh, as he continues to get better and the maturation process continues, but you saw it, man. Ball placement and accuracy, to me, Two of the best quality traits about Sam Howell right now, and that's uber important when you think about what Washington wants to do offensively with the quick passing game, with the screen game, taking shots down the field off of play action. I want to go to the screen game in the quick passing game here for a second. They tried to run a screen to Brian Robinson, uh, in which, to be honest, free agent center Nick Gates, to me, had the most important block on that play, wasn't able to cut off the linebacker, and the screen ends up going for no gain. But there was an accurate pass. The quick passing game was on full display as well. Uh, we saw Sam Howell hook up with Jahan Dotson on a couple of different occasions, including uh, the 27-yard touchdown that Jahan ended up having. But all in all, I thought, for the most part, Sam Howell, very accurate. I thought he did a really nice job showing off his mobility. And that's the thing that I was really eager to see. Because in practice, while yes, the defensive front is rushing. And while, yes, Sam Howell has to maneuver within the pocket, it's different sliding in the pocket and stepping up when you know that you're not going to get hit. And that's been the case for the past three weeks in training camp. That's why, to me, Friday night, watching how Sam Howell responded in the face of adversity and in the face of pressure uh, was so important and so impactful to me. I thought he did a really nice job. I'm not trying to nitpick Sam Howell, but if there was anything... There are a couple of things, obviously, that he can go back to the drawing board and say, you know what, I got to be better in this aspect of my game. This is something that I feel like we're going to have to monitor moving forward for the rest of the season. He's short. Let's let's call it what it is, right? Is it your prototypical quarterback in terms of size? Stands at six foot one, two hundred twenty pounds, taller than huh, Bryce Young, who we were just killing for being the size of a cockroach. But the one thing that I have questions about in terms of Sam Howell when you are a quarterback that is six foot one and you are playing behind an offensive line that averages a height of six five you wonder if he can find throwing lanes and you saw him on Friday night if you pay really close attention whenever he escaped the pocket or whenever he was trying to evade pressure it was never Sam Howell climbing the pocket it was Sam Howell reverse pivoting and going either right or left moving forward If they're going to have success during the regular season and if this offense is going to reach the expectations that they have set for themselves, he's got to become more comfortable climbing the pocket. And that's an area on Friday night. I didn't really see him do that at all. So in this second preseason game against Baltimore, I think that is going to be huge. Enough about me talking about Sam Howell's performance. Why don't we hear from QB1 himself? Here is Sam Howell postgame talking about the preseason opener. How do you feel? We asked the question the same way, too. Yeah. Um, no, I thought, it was, I thought it was good. Definitely definitely did some good things out there as an offense. Um, and 
definitely some things that we can we can improve on. But I think overall it was good. It was good to get out here in, in a new system. Um, I thought the communication was good. EB did a really good job, and there's a lot of things that I was proud of tonight. Generally, what was your comfort level, just with the system and everything? Yeah, I felt good. Um, you know, I, I knew the plays were going to call. You know, we kind of keep it simple in the preseason, and mm -hmm. I felt really good about the plays we were going to call. And I felt like I did a pretty good job from an execution standpoint. Um, so I went into the game with a lot of confidence, um, mm -hmm. and I think that I think my comfortability showed tonight. What do you feel like you made the biggest strides from the end of last year to now? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is, you know, it's a new system. Um, and so you got to kind of change your mindset from doing offense and what the defense are trying to do to stop us. Um, so I would just say mentally for sure. Were there moments or plays where you felt that, you know, mental growth advancement? Yeah, I mean, I think there was, there was some times where I, I could tell the team was pressuring one way and I could slide the protection to, um, to those blitzes. Um, obviously, we had the one sack. Like, we should, I should have got the ball out on that one. Um, but there was de definitely times where I could just – see what they were in. Obviously, it's more simple in the preseason, um, so I'm sure it'll get harder as we move forward. Were you hot on that play? Uh, which one? On the on the sack? Um, yeah, I'd have to go back and look at it. I think I think I ended up being hot to the field. The hot guy ended up not getting to me, though, but I think I would have been hot on that one. Yeah, for sure. gotcha. Can you walk us through the two-play sequence where you hit Cole Turner for that 13-yard pass and then you got Jahan for the touchdown? Yeah, uh, so it was fourth down, um, so I knew kind of at the play we called, if they if it wasn't there, I knew I had to try to go get it on my with my feet. Um, and so that's, the defense did a good job covering the concept we had. And so I just tried to get out of the pocket and make something happen. And Cole did a really good job just just getting open. Um, and we we practiced practiced the scramble drill a lot of practice. Um, if you guys are out there, you probably see that we scramble a lot. Um, and Cole did a good job. And then on the touchdown, Jahan just ran a great route. Um, we knew we were going to get man coverage, and we knew that's a route that Jahan's really good at. Um, and he killed him, made made my job easy. Could you feel the that you guys had practiced kind of being backed up in the situational practices when you were in the second drive? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely practiced those situations. Um, and we, we know those situations are going to come up in games. Obviously, we would like that outcome to be a lot better. Um, but there's definitely some stuff that we can we can try to learn on. But we have practiced that situation. We just didn't do a good job executing. How was the general operation with EB? Yeah, it was good. Uh, I thought he, he did a good job of communicating with us and getting the play calls in early enough to us. Um, and, I thought it was clean, clean all night long. Um, not only for me, but for Jacoby and Jake as well. We had no misunderstandings or anything like that. No play calls that got jacked up. He, he did a great job. Was it different having your OC be on the sideline than up in the booth? Um, not really. Um, just because last year with Scott, I really only got one game playing with him up top. And in college, OC my OC was on the sideline, so it's pretty much what I'm used to. Gotcha. All good. I think we're good. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Thanks man. Man. Commanders QB1 Sam Howe speaking post-game after preseason game number one. Pretty solid outing in his first real test of the summer for the man I like to call slinging Sammy Howe. 9-12, 77 yards and a touchdown. I thought all in all, man, got to be pleased. In terms of this quarterback competition that they've been talking about that we know really doesn't exist, I thought both quarterbacks played well. Jacoby Brissett. 6 of 10 for 75 yards. He threw an interception uh, and a pretty awkward end of half situation that I know he definitely uh, will want back. But all in all, I thought both quarterbacks looked good. The thing that I'm comparing it to is last year's quarterback room with Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm's still in this quarterback room, but I think and it's only the preseason opener. I think after Friday night, Washington clearly no matter if it's Jacoby under center or Sam Howell under center, marginally better 
uh, at the game's most important position. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's look at some of the big fellas up front. The offensive line. There was one member of the commander's starting offensive line that uh, had a pretty rough burgundy and gold debut. We'll give you more of that next right here on The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Coming up in about a half hour or so, our pal Grant Paulson, the co-host of Grant and Danny weekdays, 2 to 6.30 right here on The Fan. He is set to join the program. He'll give us his thoughts and analysis about the Washington Commanders preseason opener. There were 17 to 15 winners over the Cleveland Browns Friday night. We'll hear what GP has to say coming up at 10.20. Want to continue the conversation, though, surrounding the Washington Commanders in their preseason opener. You are listening to 106.7 The Fan We'll simulcast it on our sister station, the Team 980, as well as always streaming live on the free Odyssey app. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 105 before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. Then we get you warmed up for the series finale of Nats and Athletics. When I get back into the football, though, here for a second, going into Friday night, I think... All of us amongst the Burgundy and Gold faithful, there was a consensus about what we were most looking forward to seeing on Friday night. Two big things, both of them on offense. The quarterback, which we just went over, talking about Sam Howell's performance from Friday night, and then the offensive line. And I'll be honest with you, I have been extremely skeptical of Washington's plan up front along their offensive line. Let me throw out some numbers to you and remind you Just how much of a problem that group was last year. 27th in pass block win rate with the Washington Commanders. And I know you all out there, some of you are probably like, analytics, boo, crap, who cares? Ladies and gentlemen, that pass rush win rate statistic reflects pretty much how good your offensive line is in pass protection. And Washington struggled mightily in that category. And it had to do with a couple of different things. Quarterbacks holding on to the football too long. Quarterbacks not being mobile. (laughs) I like Carson Wentz, who looked like a shell of himself once he got here to Washington. I know it felt like the pass protection was improved once Taylor Heineke got under center, but he had his issues holding on to the football too long. All in all, though, I think this coaching staff understood that, you know what? If we're going to take the necessary steps to be a playoff team in 2023, we got to upgrade this offensive line. Three new starters up front this year. They moved Sam Cosme, their former second-round tackle, inside to guard. He's had a hell of a camp, and I think he's in route to a Pro Bowl type of year. Um, The left guard spot, 
which was manned by Andrew Norwell in the right guard spot, which was manned by Trey Turner. Both of those old hags cut, thrown to the wayside, good, because they couldn't play last year, and it was pretty evident, and they hurt this football team time and time again. Washington replacing those two guys. There's a battle going on at the left guard spot between second-year guard Chris Paul, who they drafted in the seventh round last year, and Sadiq Charles, a tackle converted to guard, which they drafted back in 2020. The right tackle spot, which was formerly manned by Sam Cosme, they signed Andrew Wiley, Super Bowl champion from the Kansas City Chiefs, to fill that void. They let go a long-time center Chase Roulier because he couldn't get over the injury bug. They replaced him with another oft-injured center in Nick Gates from the New York Giants. It's here nor there, though. All in all, we know it. There was going to be some growing pains for this offensive line. And during training camp, I'll be completely honest and call a spade a spade, they have been getting their asses handed to them for the most part during training camp. Straight up. Which was, to me, why it was so important to see them go up against another unit. Because it's one thing to get your behinds kicked by arguably the best defensive front in football. It's another thing if you're going to have those problems resurface when you're going against a lesser quality group. And we kind of saw that on an individual basis Friday night. I believe it was the first run play of the game. Love Charles Leno to death. He wasn't ready to play football first play of the game Friday night. His man beats him and makes the tackle for a loss. The other tackle spot, Andrew Wiley, is what I really want to harp on. I really want to harp on this. Andrew Wiley, two drive-killing penalties on Friday night. Drive-killing penalties. Let's call it exactly what it is. One of those drive-killing penalties resulted in points with a safety. A holding penalty in the end zone where he oversets Zadarius Smith. And if anyone who knows a lick about football, when you are backed up deep in your own territory, as an offensive tackle, for you to get beat by an inside move is so unacceptable. I, I honestly, as I watched the film back over, I wanted to pull my hair out. That's just not having situational awareness, in my opinion. The fastest way to the quarterback is a straight line. So for you to overset and allow Zadarius Smith to beat you inside and then try to hold after you realize you overset him, it's ludicrous. My little league coaches out there, I hope you're paying attention. Tell your young bulls at the tackle position, if you are backed up in your own territory, do not overset the pass rusher. Make him run all the way around you. Make him run the hoop, so to speak. Hopefully, Andrew Wiley fixes that uh, coming up this week in their joint practices against the Baltimore Ravens. That penalty ends up costing Washington, uh, and they go down 2 nothing. The first penalty that he has, Sam Howell, beautiful pass protection, I might add, from all the other four spots along the offensive line. Sam Howell throws an absolute dot to John Bates. He drops it. Disappointed in Bates for dropping it, but more disappointed at the holding penalty. Andrew Wiley holds in that situation, kills that drive, and puts them in a third in a West Virginia country mile. So if they're going to have drive-killing penalties during the season and it's going to be one guy hurting this offensive line, maybe maybe Andrew Wiley needs to be replaced up front. Because I'll be honest with you, the other four guys outside of Charles Leno's one blunder play, the other four guys up front, I thought played really well. 
uh, there was a couple of occasions Friday night where Sam Howell could have literally read a children's book back there, how long he had to throw in the pocket. So nice job by this group, now led by Travell Wharton. The continuity starting to pick up with those bunch. And that's the thing to me that we don't talk about enough with the offensive line. Continuity is so important. You want to have the same five for an extended period of time because guys learn how to work off of each other and you can combo block better. It's just better when you have more continuity along your offensive line. But on the on the same token, in the same breath, Andrew Wiley's got to step the hell up, man. Let, let's call a spade a spade. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm not being disrespectful with my analysis either. I just know he knows that he needs to be better, 110%. He must be better. I'm going to go to the phones here, man. MGM National Harbor Listener Line's wide open. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It is at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. A couple of different things on the menu for you all. First of all, if you want to give your thoughts and analysis about how Sam Howell played uh, Friday night in the preseason opener, I am all ears. Also, I want to know what you all thought about the offensive line. Are you concerned about that group moving forward? We'll take your call. Stop of the hour next here on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.